Thank you for joining me once again for this episode in our series that we've titled Liturgy Gathering Around the Practice of Non-Duality. We're going to take a little bit of a break from our regularly scheduled programming this evening. We're still going to continue in this series tonight, but we're going to do something a little bit different. It's going to be shorter, more to the point, something kind of lighter than what we've been doing in the past. We're not going to get into the nitty-gritty details of the components of the liturgy like we've been doing in previous weeks, uh, mainly because I haven't written anything (laughs) yet. I am still in vacation mode. My mind is still on Christmas break. And I'm not going to apologize for it. It is what it is. That's where I'm at. (laughs) But also, more importantly, I also kind of had an aha moment, a little bit of an epiphany, while I was away visiting family during my Christmas time off. I thought it would be worthwhile sharing with you all, because I find myself mulling over it quite a bit uh, these last few days since I've had this kind of epiphany. So yeah. So last Sunday, which at the time of this recording uh was the christmas after the, the christmas oh my goodness the sunday after christmas the first sunday after christmas my wife and i we loaded the kids up in the car and we made our way down to southeast missouri where we are both from and where we still have a lot of family living grandparents live down there you know and so one night while we were down there we were able to convince one set of grandparents to watch our children so that we can go have a date. And it didn't take much convincing. They were really happy to do it for us. But uh, yeah, yeah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. (laughs) Because date nights for us are hard to come by these days. We have a two-year-old and we have a six-year-old. And we are also living through a global pandemic. So yeah, <laughs> we, we, we got out of the house and we, we gleefully left our kids behind and just spent some time with each other. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. We got to go to a rooftop restaurant that's new in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, uh, right off of the Mississippi River. It's a beautiful experience. Well, on our way there, we drove past a pizza place. Uh, it was a pizza place that triggered some memories for me as we were going past it. It was the place where the most awkward date I have ever been on is where that took place. <laughs> so like I'm sharing what I'm remembering from that date with my wife. And she's curious. Tell me more. I don't remember all of this story. So there's not much to it. It was just awkward. So I took a girl out. It was about a year to a year and a half before I started dating my wife. Uh, we, we met, well, we met, we've known each other pretty much all of our lives growing up, but we started dating our senior year in high school. So this is like sophomore year, junior year, somewhere around there. I took this poor girl on a date to this pizza place and y'all she did not talk to me (laughs) i don't know if i said something which is very likely said something that offended her uh i don't know she was she was just a quiet reserved person to begin with but yeah like at best she would give me one word answers she barely made eye contact i think she was just really nervous and had some social anxiety uh, it was confusing for me because I didn't know what to do with it. Usually I was like the anxious, angsty, nervous person that's like sweating out of my face. <laughs> that that was me on like every date I ever went on. But this time the roles were reversed and I didn't quite know what to do with it. So I'm just trying to make small talk and she's just not helping me out at all. I remember at one point like looking down at my menu and saying, okay, well, like we have to order food. You have to either tell me what you want or tell the waiter what you want, <laughs> right? You have to talk at some point. 
And I said, you know, I love pepperoni and hamburger pizza. Would you like to split a pizza with me? <laughs> Her response was two words. I'm vegetarian. It's like, oh, okay. Well, crap. Like, <laughs> right? Okay, I guess we're having vegetarian pizza, I guess. Right? Uh, it, was just, it was just so awkward. Uh, and the way I'm explaining it now, it doesn't even do it justice. It was just like one of the most awkward situations of my entire life. And she's a lovely person. And we ended up dating for a few weeks afterwards, but we just both kind of realized this isn't going to work out. <laughs> We're very different. Um, and yeah, and we just, we called it quits and went our, went our separate ways. Well, as we're driving past the pizza place and I'm reminiscing about that awkward date, it led to a lot of reminiscing between my wife and I about all of the awkward dates that we had been on before we started dating each other. I realized, like, there's two different ways you can look back on your dating history. One way is you could look back with a lot of shame and a lot of regret and a lot of confusion as to why you let yourself spend so much time in bad relationships that were not good for you, right? So you can look back and you can just kind of um, look back with shame and disgust and regret. Uh, Or you can look back and realize that, yeah, while a lot of the the relationships you were in were not good for you, were not very mature, or actually probably somewhat toxic, you can also realize that they also kind of forged you into the person that you are today, And as my wife and I were talking, we realized, like, had we not gone through a series of, like, bad dates and bad relationships, had we not struck out (laughs) multiple times, like, we may have never found each other. We may have never um, acquired this sense of what it is that we need out of another person that we're going to spend our life with. Like, had we not struck out, had we not been on some bad dates... Like, we may not have realized those things that we really value in a partner. Those things that we, 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 we realize we valued so highly in one another. So, like, by the time my, uh, my wife and I started dating, it was September of 2002, senior years in high school. Like, we were just kind of done with the dating game. We were done with all of it, all of the drama, all of the heartache. Both of us had kind of sworn off dating for that season of life. And and it was that (laughs) commonality that kind of drew us to each other. Like, it was just a no-nonsense, low-drama relationship from the very beginning because we were tired of just kind of going through all of that stuff in the dating scene. And so we just naturally gravitated towards one another. Had we not had a slew of bad relationships, we may not have found each other in the same way, right? Or at all. Yeah. Yeah. So you can look back on your dating life with disgust and shame, (laughs) or you can look back and you can be thankful that while a lot of those relationships were not great or healthy, they've also brought you to the place that you are today. And they've also taught you a lot about what it means to be in a healthy relationship by exhibiting the exact opposite of that, (laughs) right? You learn how to be... um, uh, Yeah, you learn what a good relationship is like, uh, after you've gone through a season where the relationship has been anything but good, you know? And I think what I'm saying hopefully makes sense to you. Hopefully you're, you're tr- tracking along with my feeble attempts here of, you know, uh, unpacking this theme. But I think people can make sense of that, right? They can, they, can, they can make sense of how previous relationships brought them to where they are today uh, when it comes to dating, 
But I think people really have a difficult time with that when it comes to church. So for me, the aha moment was there's a direct correlation, I think, between like dating life and dating church. <laughs> Many of us uh, have gone through a bad relationship with the church or two or three for that matter. Um, and you have two choices there, right? You have two choices. You can kind of look back on shame and disgust and wonder why you spent so much time in this toxic relationship to begin with, why you didn't leave it sooner. Um, and you can get jaded too, right? There's some people who, you know, they date, they have a couple of really bad relationships and they kind of get jaded and they swear off love <laughs> altogether. Understandably so, right? Um, you can spend your life being jaded, or you can look back and realize like, yeah, those relationships were toxic. They were not good for me. I probably spent too much time there in them, but also like they've also helped to forge me into the person that I am today. My value system is what it is because I was reacting so much against that context, right? Um, you can look at it that way. Um, and you have a choice. Like you can, you can kind of universalize your brokenhearted experience of the church, just like many people universalize their, their experience of brokenheartedness when it comes to their love lives, right? Um, some people swear off love altogether because they've been hurt a few times. So you can do that, or you can keep putting yourself out there. You can keep um, looking <laughs> for the one, as they say, right? Um, and realize that not every church is going to be a toxic place, it's going to be a bad fit, but there is a match out there for you somewhere, right? Um, that it can work out and it can have a happy ending <laughs> somewhere, but you have to be willing to look for it and you have to assess kind of where you've been and what you need now, right? Um, and you have to be willing to not compromise. Like I hope that nobody would compromise for a crappy relationship um, just because they don't want to be alone. Like don't compromise when it comes to a crappy church relationship because you're afraid of the unknown, right? Of venturing out and putting yourself out there again. Um, but find a place that feels like home. Find a place where you are going to be loved in all of the ways that you deserve to be loved by those around you. Find a place where you can fit in, um, where val the value system mirrors your value system. Those places do exist, my friends. They are, they are out there. Um, we just have to be bold enough to put ourselves out there to find it, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say on that one. It's been an interesting metaphor for me to just kind of wrestle with, to kind of make sense of my own journey and my relationship with the church, right? Um, for me personally, I have, so far it's been a happy ending, <laughs> right? I, I, my own journey, for those of you who are not familiar, I, I did not grow up in the church, I came to faith, I became a Christian at 16 in a Baptist context, quickly, very quickly realized I was not a good Baptist and was told very often that I was not a good Baptist, found my way into the kind of the Reformed church, which was way more evangelical than it was Reformed. Um, you know, by the time I got done uh, with all of that, it would have been really easy for me to swear off church Christianity altogether. I don't know, but something kept me going. I think there was just something. I just, I had this belief, this conviction that there would be a place out there that's right for me. Um, and it took some soul searching and it took a lot of, 
a lot of research on my part to find the place, right? Um, a lot of conversations with priests and pastors and all of that till I finally found the Episcopal Church. And man, it's not perfect. Like no relationship is, but it's great. <laughs> it's really great. Uh, it really is. And it was great before I became a priest. It's even better now that I'm a priest. It's just, yeah, it's just a wonderful place, a wonderful relationship for me. And I'm not saying that it has to be you who, who's listening to me. I'm saying that you can find what I found in this tradition, uh, even if it's elsewhere, right? Uh, so go, go find the place that loves you for who you are. Go find the place where there's low drama. They do exist. Churches like that, they do. They do. <laughs> they do exist, I promise. Uh, where there's low drama, uh, they do exist. They really do. Find a place where you can bring your whole self to the table and be loved for it, right? Yeah. Find your happily ever after when it comes to the church. I believe it. I believe you can because I've witnessed it my myself, right? So, yeah. That's enough. I'm done talking. I'm getting tired of hearing myself talk today. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Peace be with you. God bless.